0: All right, all right. Are you guys blessed that you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? I know that seems like an obvious, you know, thing um, we would hear at a church, but I think we have to stop and think about that real carefully a lot of times because we can get lackadaisical, I think. So it's a good question to ask. And uh, and in tonight's uh, passage, as a matter of fact, Peter uh, reveals the greatness of that. salvation it is that's a hot salvation it's coming across on the mic that's how hot it is Um, in just three short verses we're going to be in first peter 1 verses 10 to 12 we won't get there for a little bit but you might want to mark that place and i know that doesn't seem like a lot of press for a story titled our great salvation and all it gets is three verses and this is going to be a really weird analogy, but it just came to me, so I'm going to do it. Uh, but as I thought about it, it made me think of, of uh, remember, remember newspapers? And they, and they had obituaries in there. And uh, you'd see some that didn't take up more than like a couple of square inches of space. And where it didn't have much more in there than the person's name uh, when they were born and when they died. Yet, as small a report as that seems, it really represents something. There's something behind that. It has a lifetime of experiences behind that that are just presumed into that. A span of years that is filled with accomplishments and and failures and relationships gained and, and some lost. A lot of things going on in that life with that short obituary. Some relationships that endure. And if you're fortunate like me, I don't know about you guys, but... Maybe one of those relationships is a is a great marriage that's rich with love and laughter and joy and and then maybe even a little tears going through the battles together, but they made you stronger, made the relationship that much richer, and not to mention the the blessing of children. So a lot of a lot of story behind that little short obituary, and um, even such a short report represents a person's life, and so it may seem. Uh, not much we don't see that at a casual glance but we shouldn't take it for granted because there's a story behind that and the same can be said for tonight's passage even though it's only three short verses long and it would only take me about a minute to read it it actually covers a tale that spans like 5,000 years or so right and it summarizes the story of the whole bible that's how amazing these three verses are And so it is for each one of us. You may think your salvation story is represented only by that brief moment of time when God led you to raise your hand at uh, some event and pray that Jesus would come into your life as your Lord and your Savior, but it actually took a whole lifetime of experiences to lead you up to that day. Right? There's a lot more to it than that. For that matter, each of us and our story begins thousands of years back to Adam when you really want to look at it, Right? from the fall and on. In fact, God, it says in the Bible that the God of the universe, he actually planned our salvation from the foundation of the world because Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, right? So why is it so important for us to review how great this salvation is? And so that in being reminded of it, we wouldn't take it for granted. And hopefully we wouldn't miss out on the very thing we were saved for. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And the writer of Hebrews understood this. He gave a warning for us not to neglect so great a salvation. If you want, you can turn to Hebrews 1 for you guys that have your Bibles out. If you Mark your first Peter spot, right? We'll be going back to that. But we'll jump around a little bit. That's the kind of how I teach. I want to get a lot of Bible verses in here because it doesn't matter what I say. It matters what God says. Okay? So we're going to do mostly that. That's what we're going to talk about. So first, I'll start on it. In chapter 1, the writer opens up describing the greatness of the one who provided the way of this great salvation. In verses 1 to 4, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Through him also he made the world's, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That's our in Jesus. Then in the light of the glory of that Jesus who purged our sins, The author goes on in chapter 2 to give his warning. Let's read that in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape, here's the key, if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. If we neglect this great salvation and fail to enter into its fullness, then there's a danger. There's a danger of drifting away. All right? If we're not focused on how great this is and then we, we grow out of that. Mark, Hopefully, you marked your place in, in 1 Peter 1. Now turn to Genesis 3, because now we're going to. In very short jumps, we're going to jump through the Bible to just show the grand scope of this thing. I want to combine some of those passages so we can see that, that how great and grand this salvation is. And hopefully that it will lead us forward into all that God has for us, all that He has meant for us from, from the beginning. So we're going to look at this tonight, this great salvation, in three parts. The greatness of our salvation the goal of our salvation, and the growth in our salvation, okay? So, so, so first, from Genesis, let's look at, start there, for looking at the greatness of our salvation. We see first that this salvation was planned from the very beginning. Look at verse... Uh, 15 in chapter 3 of genesis it says and i will put enmity between you and the woman talking about the serpent right and between your seed and and her seed meaning jesus he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heels and then jump to verse 21 it says also for adam and his wife the lord god made tunics of skin and clothed them so we see in these verses this is god already has planned out our salvation right from the beginning right after the fall right And it speaks of the sacrifice of Christ where he'd be the sacrificial lamb, right? The animal was killed to provide clothing, physical clothing for Adam and Eve. For us, he's going to clothe us in his righteousness, right? Amen. So right from the beginning, God had this planned. Secondly, it was promised through the father of our faith. So it was planned and then it was promised through the father of our faith. Jump ahead to Genesis 12. We're not going to do all of Genesis, so don't worry. Well, we could though it says in chapter 12 of genesis verse 1 it starts now the lord god said to abram get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that that i will show you i will make you a great nation i will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and i will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed and now I'm gonna jump and uh, read Romans four, eleven to twelve to you. you don't have to go there. It says, And he, speaking of Abraham, received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. God delivers a promise through Abraham that our salvation is going to be by faith, right? This is critical because the law was going to come right after that, right? And it was going to show us, its real true purpose was going to show us that we could never earn our salvation by our own efforts and works. Amen? Amen. Good good thing too, huh? And then, thirdly, we got next, our salvation was prophesied beforehand. Now we're going to flip back to our passage tonight, 1 Peter 1. So you go there, verse 10 through 11, 10 through 12. Thank you. And it starts off of this salvation, the prophets having inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. God through the prophets established that our salvation would be by grace through the suffering of Jesus Christ. And and one of those prophecies one of those prophets an example this one i'll give you isaiah 53 you don't have to go there we know this one well verses 4 through 6 says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by god and afflicted but he has wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid the iniquity of us all on him. Jesus was chastised that we would have peace with God. Amen? And there's many, many more, of course, prophecies. We're not going to go through all of those. God, through those, keeping people's attention on the salvation to come, right? That salvation by faith, and that salvation that would be by his grace. Amen? What a blessing that is. Then the time and manner of time that Peter talked about came as this salvation, as it says in verse 12, was preached through the gospel. All the way from Genesis now to the preaching of the gospel. It says in verse 12, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to to look into. And of course we have the four gospels that, that have done that task and that gospel has been preached from then up until this day. And I saw that and I thought of the continuity and the faithfulness of God as seen and how he caused to be fulfilled through the gospel that which was prophesied many hundreds and hundreds of years before. Really even thousands of years before if we go back to his own prophecy that I read out of Genesis 3. Amazing great salvation and then next the greatness of this salvation is seen in how god himself personally orchestrated it look in the in uh, verses 11 and 12 of our passage tonight i want you to see something it says in verse 11 the prophets prophesied of the grace that would come to you searching what or what manner of time the spirit of christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand it was the spirit of christ in them that was testifying through these that preached the gospel. And then in verse 12, it says that these things were reported through those who have preached the gospel by what? By the Holy Spirit. Look how faithful God orchestrated the circumstances of life down through the ages, thousands of years, in order to draw us to saving faith in his Son. Is that an amazing salvation? And all this doesn't even bring into account each of our own personal testimonies as part of that story. Because you can plug yourself into that story that we just talked about and went through. And finally, there's one more, one more that we've got to cover in how great a salvation this is. And that is that God himself paid the price. We can say this as a religious thing if we're not careful, guys. This is why I really was glad I had this passage tonight to remind us. He paid the price for us, the God of heaven. Let's remind ourselves briefly what we went through. Let's just read a couple of verses to remind us. We know these, but let's really take this serious to heart. In 1 Peter, a little further down from our passage, in chapter 1, verses 17, it starts there. It says, And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers but with what the precious blood of Christ the God of heaven as of a lamb without blemish or without spot Jesus spilled his blood so that we might be redeemed Jesus did that guys this is God right and in John 18 and 19 I'm going to read a few verses out of that Not the whole thing, because I want to remind ourselves, this is your Savior, guys, okay? So really take this to heart. It says in one verse, the high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him. He's now before Pilate. It says, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand. This is just not a book, guys. This is our Savior taking this. He saved us so we could enter back into the intimate, personal fellowship with our Creator that we were meant to have from the beginning, but that we lost through sin. That's what he saved us for. And yes, then when we enter into that, we get heaven when we die, right? But that's the focus we gotta have. We're alive now, that's what we gotta be focused on. As it says in John three sixteen and John seventeen three, it tells us that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then John seventeen, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent know you, intimacy with you, personal one-on-one. He desires to spend that one-on-one time with each of his children. He longs for that, not just with the pastor telling us what the Bible says, but it goes even beyond that. He wants to walk with each of us in every circumstance of our lives day by day by day. It's not even just about that great devotional time where we spend that time with him. That is major but he wants to then, as we leave that, that, that room of the devotion, he wants to now walk with us through us living that devotion out in our life and going through life with us. In order to truly live this salvation out in the relationship he desires, let's look at the growth in our salvation, or the growth we should have from that salvation experience. In other words, where do we go from here? What should we be doing as a result of this open invitation by God who did all this from Genesis on over five, six thousand years, whatever it is, what what should we do now? And and I, I, to answer that, I want to challenge you to ask yourself this question. This is between you and God. This is between me and God. Each one of us. From Matthew twenty two thirty seven, are you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind? Talk about three short verses. How about three short letters? all and from philippians 2 12 are you working out your salvation with fear and trembling right that's awe at what god did for us that's the only way we could be saved right that's awe, fear and trembling what would that look like if we were honestly living that out those two verses with passion and determination what would it look like, guys? I'm saying think about that in your, in your time alone. I know we're not going to get that all right here thinking about it, but hopefully that brings an impact to you. Ask yourself these questions and then bring that before the Lord. Wouldn't that kind of love rule out missing a day of the opportunity to sit with the living God and open up His Word so that He could speak to us, so we can have interaction with Him? Wouldn't that rule that out if we were living like that? And wouldn't fear and trembling cause us to believe trust and obey everything that he says really i mean isn't that the criteria right i'm not talking i'm talking love i'm not talking about a workspace thing here i'm talking about a responsive love guys we talk all the time in this ministry about every man every day right but are we honestly doing that i'm just saying this is what we got to ask ourselves that's what i got to ask myself or if you do is it just a chore another item i read my chapter i'm good good with God right or do you do it out of grateful love for your Savior and with a passion to be closer to the one who stepped off the throne of heaven and gave his life for you for you right we've heard that that's what we have to think here no just me he did that for Bob I have to think that what's my response should be in that and if you fall short in this believe me this is a passion of mine But there's no condemnation here. I'm not condemning anyone, not even myself, because I have to ask myself that question. And all is not lost. If you're not, if you're not there, if you've kind of done it, but you're not, you know you can grow further, or you really haven't entered into that kind of the relationship, the fellowship we're meant to have upon being saved, then all is not lost. But we need to be clear that this is what God wants with us, such is his love for us. He wants that with us. That's the amazing thing, Right? that he wants to spend time with us, sinners, right? So for any who are missing out on all God intends for them, let me just encourage you with the following. If you do this, your life will change in amazing ways. And this is not the total picture, but this is the, this is the main thing we need to turn to if we're not doing it. So out of our salvation, this is what we're doing. I don't care if you got saved 10 years ago. If you haven't been doing these things as a minimum, then, then you got to do them. And it'll do amazing things in your life if you're not. First, enjoy the person-to-person interaction with Jesus that God offers, right? What I mean is not simply reading your Bible, as I said, but sitting with the person of Jesus Christ and opening up his word. I always look at Jesus as a cross to me. I've even been tempted like an extra cup of coffee and set it at the end of the, on the table. There's your cup, black, right, Jesus? You know, just to have the mental picture that I know is true, right? But we can't see him, right? This is by faith. We've got to really kick our faith in here. Learn to treasure that time as Mary did in Luke 10. We remember the passage, verse 38 to 42. I'll read it. Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. It's bad when it's two times he says your name. (laughs) I've heard that too many times. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. One thing. And Mary has chosen that good part, and it won't be taken away from her. Right? Don't be like Martha. Invite Jesus into your home, in a sense. Raise your hand and receive Jesus. Then be busy about many other things, except the thing he wants the most. And that's time to spend one-on-one with you. Just thinking he wants that with you and with you and with you. That's amazing. It's amazing to me. I think of all the times I still mess up, but he still wants that as if I'd never messed up. That's the amazing thing. God planned out and worked out everything for our salvation. All those things we talked about from right from the fall on, right? Shouldn't we take the, the same care to spend daily time at his feet? doesn't it deserve that secondly understand your union with Christ this is so key guys first Corinthians 617 one of my favorite verses describes this he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him you don't get any closer than that guys no matter what you do that's a reality if you're born again you your spirit and the Holy Spirit this is your true point of connection with God and that's important right because he's not sitting at the other end of my bed. I do my devotions in my bedroom. He's not really sitting there in that sense. In that he's in me and we're joined by the Holy Spirit, my regenerated spirit and his spirit. It's where the intimacy originates from and we'll see why that's important next. Because in this time with him, one of the key things he will teach you is to learn to hear his still small voice. His still small, small voice turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings 19 because this is such an important point in this, guys. Such an important point. And by the way, to hear a still small voice, there's some common ground there, but there'll also be some unique things because God loves us individually. And and who has kids here in this? More than one kid. More than one? Right. You love them all the same, right? But are yours as totally different as mine are? Love them the same, right? Same thing with him. So 1 Kings 19, verse 11. This is obvious with Elijah. And we know what trouble he got himself into. I'll start reading as you're catching up there. Then he said, God, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. when we be, become to be sensitive to that spirit-to-spirit connection and, and recognize when the spirit is, is nudging me, not an audible voice, we're gonna, when we begin that path and we begin to recognize that, and some of you may understand what I'm saying here, we're going to start to hear more and more because we're going to recognize how God is speaking to, to, to me individually, right? Out of his word, the same word, but individually. As Jesus cautioned Martha, we too must take care to not get distracted by all the noise, all the strong winds, the earthquakes, the fires of this life. You know what I'm talking about, all the crazy stuff going on, including our own thoughts, guys, because thoughts can come at you. Emotions can go all over the place. We've got to get, got to get down into the spirit, right? It's like a hurricane, right? The, the noise, all thoughts and emotions, thing in the world's whirling around us here at the eye of the hurricane, Our spirit joined with the Lord's spirit. Get that picture in your mind. That's where we got to go. We must practice being still and listening for his spirit as we read his word. So it's not just like, oh, the spirit's saying, we got enough of those guys right on TV. But it's reading his word my heart open to him and me being sensitive, recognizing the spirit wants to speak to me. And we have to trust him. This is where faith again comes in. We're saved by faith. and We're going to grow by faith, right? We're going to be sanctified by, by faith. We must trust that he wants to speak to us. Remember, Jesus said in the gospels, my sheep and John, my sheep hear my voice. That's just a fact right? We just got to learn how that happens. We got to learn to recognize that it's there. You ever have something happen, and, and, and after you kind of crashed into the wall, and you look back, you went like, "Huh? Oh, you were telling me something there, weren't you, Lord? You ever do that? I know I've done that. I still do that sometimes, right? So we have to learn to be sensitive, and, and how this happened is as you spend consistent time with him, Day after day after day after day, always getting with him. That's the priority. As you do that consistently and you discipline yourself to be real with him, right? Which is crazy to say because he knows everything, right? So we're not going to like, I'm hiding like Adam and Eve right after the sin. Like they're hiding in the garden. It's like, really? You're hiding from God, okay? So be real with him. We can be so real with him. Speaking honestly of all your cares and your concerns, your failures, your sins. Lord, I recognize... I just sinned right back there, Lord. I looked in a direction I shouldn't have looked. We've got to be real with him. It's so important. It's so important to open up that conduit of us being able to hear him speak to us, right? Because if we're hiding, we can't hide from him, but we're blocking ourselves off from hearing from the Lord, okay? And he'll teach you through all of that as you stay consistent with that, through all the ups and downs, he'll teach you how to recognize when he's speaking to you, right? Just like maybe you're reading, you see that verse and you go, whoa, that one's for me. I know that verse in there. I haven't learned what this whole passage is saying, but that verse right there really speaks to me, right? Some of you may have had that happen. And through this intimacy of the Spirit with God, not only is it is just for the joy of knowing Him and being with Him, but through that intimacy, He changes us from the inside out, right? He changes us into His image, right? From glory to glory, it says. In Philippians 2:12 to 15, it talks about that. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, this, we know this verse, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's that time of devotion with him, pointedly, getting quiet, opening his word, everything else, the, the fires, the earthquakes, the, the windstorms, all... Pushing those, I always start with it just talking and with God because I gotta kind of get myself settled down a little bit and focus. I don't just open up and start reading usually, right? So maybe that's something you've never done. Maybe you might want to try that. I try to get calmed down because of all that stuff that's going, and I talk to Him about those earthquakes and and fires and wind, wind in my life, right? So I can get that out and get the thing going in the conversation. Now I open His Word, and now I, I now I can be still, and then Paul. Paul, so Paul tells us in that we've got to work outward what he works in. And then he continues, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. This doesn't happen automatically. This happens in that relationship. I can't just raise my hand, I'm saved. I'm saved by faith. But it's got to go beyond that. I, don't just, I can't automatically be that after that. This takes that intimacy, that relationship with him. In his work, God changes us from the way of the world to, to the way of his spirit, right? He calls us to do all things without complaining and disputing, and that's a contrast between the world and the way we're supposed to be, right? Do we see a lot of complaining and disputing these days? Yeah, a little bit, you think? And it's horrible, but we can't be like that. That's why I've, I've decided I'm just, I'm can't be involved in this politics i'm just going to vote for who i vote for but i can't be watching the stuff all the time and getting involved with them in that because i just want to can i say on the air that i just want to kill somebody you know it's just it's just crazy it's just the the madness of it it's like i don't want to do it i just don't want to do that i don't want to be that way i don't want to be that way and i don't want to be part of the complaining and disputing on my end because that's not a child of god he wants us to be different right and, and I just can't do that, being involved with that stuff. He wants us to work out our salvation, that time with him, him working in us and us obediently, trustingly working that out um, so we can be blameless and harmless in this perverse generation. We can't be a part of that perverse generation, right? We want to be those shining lights, shining his light, right? Because he's working in us and then it's really it's him working it out of us and we're just following him, right? deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. And we're just obeying him. And then his light shines out of us to the world. And this world really needs that, guys. They don't need our arguments to be thrown into the pile. They they need to see the love and and the peace and, and the mercy and the grace that can only come from people that are tightly, intimately acquainted with the Lord personally, right? Because we know we can't do that on our own, right? I know I can't. So in closing, if you want to live in the fullness of this great salvation, and I hope you got the idea now, we get saved, and and he keeps saving us, and we will be saved, but if we want to get the fullness of that, we have to make the decision, not just quoting a verse, but a decision to love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, right? I've got to make that decision i'm going to go for this nothing else is more of a priority because everything else will spring out of that that i'm supposed to do as jesus gave everything for you give everything for him isn't he worth that doesn't he deserve that and we do that in fear and trembling at all that he's done for us and all that it cost him remember we read that we know it just what he went through the god of heaven slapped scourged humiliated all really for us Talk about this in your groups in the light of how your own personal testimony fits into this and where you're at right now. It's okay. We're all walking the same path here, right? Like I said, there's no condemnation thing. We know we should be doing these things, but we've got to get about doing them because we're in the last days and we need to be a light. We need to be that love in the world. We talked about that in the men's group. We need to be that aroma of Christ in the world, not being like the world. So I pray that you would do that and that it would lead you into a renewed passion for Jesus, one that dictates how the rest of your story will go. So wherever you're at right now, we can change it right now and say, you know what? I'm going for it. And now the rest of my story is going to be way better than, than that. My favorite, one of my favorite verses in Philippians, I'm going to press on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And and I'm going to do that and give my all until the day he comes back to get us and he takes us home and we're going to live forever with him in perfect love and peace. Isn't that worth going for? Amen, guys? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, you are an awesome God. The things that you have done, the work that you have done from the foundation to now, Lord God, all the things that you have done for us, sinners, sinners, that that fell short of your glory, Lord God, but you still did this. Your word says that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And then it says, how much more with your life? Well, we want that. We want that how much more with your life will you love us? Help us, Lord God, to not listen to the lies of the enemy where condemnation comes in because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's of the devil. Help us to ignore those things, but to to be real, to be honest, to see where we fall short, not because we want to earn heaven because we know we can't earn heaven. It's a gift. It's a gift of your grace. But because we love you so much for all that you've done for us and the great God that you are. So help us, encourage us, fill us with your spirit, Lord God, that we might be those lights that shine in this world in these days, Lord. We give you the praise, all the glory, Lord God, and we thank you for this great salvation that you've given us and we just proclaim your glory from this day forward, and we desire you to draw us closer and closer to you, that we would be more and more sensitive to hear your voice, that we might walk in your ways, bringing praise and glory to your name, Lord God, and that we could be a positive force in this world through the fruit that you bring out of our lives as you work in our hearts, Lord God. So we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and all God's men said, Amen. Amen. Amen.